This is The A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Zleifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. We have a wonderful guest. This is a guest who was our first guest. Now, we've done the yay since uh, May, um, April of 2017. At first, it was just Norman and I. And then our first guest that we brought on was Jerome Gentez. And Jerome is back. Jerome, how are you doing? (laughs) Oh, guys, thanks so much for having me. It's fantastic to see you again over Zoom even, and it's great to be back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, the guests that come on the Yay really enhance the Yay. I mean, uh, we have, we've had writers and directors and people sharing their stories, people being very, very, um, what's, what's the word, um, vulnerable, um, sharing us all sorts of intimate stories. And it's helped the Yay grow. Uh, we're in our sixth year of uh, doing this. And uh, you were the first, you were the first to, to kick us off. And God, the, when I listened to our first, um, that podcast, the audio was horrible. We were just sort of figuring things out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, we have grown and so have you. Uh, for those who don't know, you were the executive director of Play Cafe slash Musical Cafe. And now you and your husband are now in Palm Beach, California, living the good life. And you have uh, started your new project, Tiger Beat Productions. Um, do you want to briefly talk about uh, Tiger Beat Productions and um, what's going on there? Absolutely. So just to be clear, it's Tiger Bear. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tiger Bear. Tiger Bear. I can't, Tiger I can't Beat, read. I was like, wow, you're bringing back the team magazine. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Tiger Bear. Yes. I would love to be young enough to be a Tiger Beat production, but I'm more like the tired old Tiger Beat. Um, Guys, thanks again for having me. So Tiger Bear Productions, I launched it in 2019 uh, as an independent production company and at the time had no idea what I would be doing with it uh, other than making stories happen every way we can. That's our mission. And I wanted, I chose that mission. We chose that mission because we knew that across the arts, there are so many stories that we need to hear that deserve to be here. And we didn't want to limit ourselves to saying that we would be theater only because we wanted to stay flexible. And that turned out to be a real blessing because the flexibility and size that we have allowed us to pivot very quickly. For example, when we all went to virtual versions of telling stories and so on. Um, My husband and I did move down here to Palm Springs in 2020. We were just talking about this right before COVID, literally February 2020. It was yet another kind of blessing. We were planning to do this anyway. He started a business here and then I was able to, this is a funny, so I was working full-time in Silicon Valley at a tech firm and I said, can I do, can I work remote, you know, full-time or at least close to full-time so that I can move down with my husband? Because we couldn't move down here without putting our house in the Bay Area on the market. So, um, and I didn't want to spend a lot of money, you know, kind of traveling back and forth. And the company wasn't certainly wasn't going to put me up and right. I wasn't going to ask any friends to do that. Um, 
they wouldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> oh, I doubt that. <laughs> but the, um, the um, yeah, so the company said, oh, okay, well, let's do this on a trial basis. And as we all know, you know, that trial basis became something all of us were doing, you know, for our lives and for our health um, and for our community's health. And I um, came to Palm Springs and the probably the biggest um, thing that happened was that, that, you know, because everything was shut down, all the only examples of what I, I had that of what I wanted to do or could be doing now were the things other people were doing, which was like, um, you know, doing Zoom broadcasts and doing a lot of people pivoted into podcasting, which is great. And, um, you know, audio dramas and all the, th all the things. It was actually a very, I think, exciting moment for theater because it leveled the playing field so fast that, that it was, that was a blessing, I have to say. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm sorry, I was trying to fix a light here, but uh, yeah, you. I think you guys were uh, ahead of the curve as far as uh, you know the whole COVID nineteen, and also just mixing film with theater. I think you know we were talking Jerome that um, Playground is basically doing that. You know, there are more ca there are cameras now that are coming onto the stage, and theater is incorporating streaming. And I think that may be the new normal. And it's very exciting for actors. It's exciting for um, playwrights who are like, wow, you know, actually, my family in the East Coast can see, you know, what I'm doing instead of actually coming out here because they can just go online and view it. So I think that's a wonderful new development. We'll talk more about that. Norman, saying, uh, it, go ahead. Well, I was saying before we jumped in that um, we had just had a play, playground, just had a brainstorming meeting. And that was one of the discussions was the um, Potrero stage space is now set up with cameras. Um, you know, so it's, you know, we have to rethink what we do. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's a wonderful development. You know, sometimes evolution can be gradual. Sometimes evolution is forced. And I think this COVID-19, although it's a tragedy and a lot of people died, yeah. sort of helped uh, create a sort of new normal. Uh, Norman, as I begin every podcast, how was your week? <sighs> I'm, I feel like I'm just doing too many things. I'm teaching, I'm directing Tempest with a group of seventh graders. Um, I am preparing for two standardized patient things. We're at a UCSF medical, uh, these medical students have to learn how to talk to real people. You know, it's not all science. You actually have to engage with a human being. Sometimes a human being who doesn't take the medications you tell them to take or do the changes that you tell them to do. So uh, we, so I've been preparing for a couple of those and just had, um, my understudy, my last understudy rehearsal um, yesterday for Water by the Spoonful. We got uh, this weekend and then next weekend, and then who knows what's next? Oh, yeah. and then um, I next weekend was going to be a panic. So I actually do need to talk to you more about that, Rich, because now what was going to be a really tight, crazy day is wide open. <laughs> um, the auditions for mm -hmm. maskers for. Um, compared to what have been moved to May, so. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I have, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get used to the idea that I've got space to breathe. 
Yeah. And I've got some exciting news. Um, I, I'm in, well, I'm, I think I've told you about Pear Slices, so I'm involved in that. Yep. I'm acting in two roles in that. Um, two wonderful pieces um, written by Ann Yumi Kabori. Yep. But also, I've just been cast in uh, N.A. Daisy's world-famous Lechon, which is a Bindlestiff piece. Oh. So that will be taking up my time in June, rehearsals in May. Damn. So, <laughs> and uh, that's that's a nice uh, fat paycheck, and uh, it was one of those things. And it's one of the cool things about interaction, and one of the cool things about the yay. So I got a email from um, Echo Yamamoto, basically saying, "Hey, they're looking for a black actor," and I um, immediately did my video uh, audition, <laughs> basically uh-huh. reading some slides, and I sent it to Aureen Mario. And the very next day, she was like, "Guess what? You cast." So. That, that's really, really awesome. But, you know, it's, it's one of those uh, things where you start one thing of interaction uh, with, with you, you know, we start the A as just a way of people to talk about what's going on in the theater world or whatever. But it also becomes a way of connecting and you can, you know, say, hey, you know, I see this other person or whatever, like Lamont Rogel, he's been talking about um, just shows that he's seen and he wants to get my, you know, reaction, you know, as a black person. Hey, you know, what'd you think about that or this or whatever? So the A has become a platform where people can network, people can interact and talk about certain things. And uh, so it's, it's been really, really fantastic. Um, let's talk about some current events. Uh, so there's been, um, there's one, so there's a show. I don't know if you know the show Tory Stone. Um, it's at Arena Stage or it was at Arena Stage. Tory Stone is basically the first woman who, um, who played in the Negro League, oh. and uh, that's been a uh, that arena stage was going to tell that story. However, the actress Santoya Fields basically shut down the entire production because of inappropriate behavior by one of the other actors during the rehearsal process. And mm-hmm. I thought it would be something cool that we could talk about. Of course, Jerome, I, I want you. You know, we're not we're going to talk about you, and we're going to talk about um, Tiger Be- Bear, but. Um, I think this is an interesting thing because we've talked about, we've had women talk about being, uh, you know, people being inappropriate. And in Arena State, they even had a, this is an article from the Washington Post, by the way. Um, basically, she basically says that uh, there's a, uh, in the rehearsal process in scene two, one actor was supposed to grab her by the arm and pull her. And she wrote an email to the stage manager and the director saying, hey, listen, I really did not enjoy that. Can we not do that? And the director was like, okay, that's fine. The actor during preview basically did it anyway. Mm. And basically uh, she wrote in another email and I think she's equity and basically got her equity uh, representative. And she took a lot of sick days. I didn't know you could do that in theater. Yeah. You can take, yeah. Um, have, I don't think you've done that before. Have you taken a sick day? Um, well, I mean, if you've been sick, but a sick day is sort of a, um, the way the articles I, I can't remember ever doing it but it's been discussed more in recent years as a normal workplace thing and that is now accepted as most places accept that you know that's that yeah. you know before if you did it it was always a wow are we firing you or are we replacing you and now it's just oh nope you're take the day we'll see you we'll yeah. we'll reconfigue and it, it, the way the article places it is this: she's using these sick days as a form of protest to say, but also she's also dealing psychologically with the, uh, I guess she's, I think she's 25 years old. She's a young actress. 
to make a long story short, she took so many uh, sick days that Arena State basically says, we're shutting down the entire production. They, uh, I think they lost about a quarter of a million dollars. They had to give money back to um, uh, people who bought tickets and all of that sort of stuff. Right. It, and it opens up a, um, you know, this whole, I mean, we've had these conversations about how to treat actors in the workplace. Um, but also as an actor, I mean, I, how did the two, how did the two of you feel? I mean, have you ever been pushed in a situation where you can actually shut down a production? Um, because that's, that's almost like the, thir- the, the, the last button that you would push. It's dangerous. I mean, it's, we live in a different time. Uh, you know, there would have been back in the day that would have been one of those, you get labeled a diva prima donna and you're, you know, you might get blacklisted. Now, I don't know. Now, you know, things are weird. Things are so in flux. I yeah. Don't know, Jerome. How, how do you feel, Jerome, about that? Yeah, I'm just sort of skimming the story in the post. Wow. What oh, did you, did you find it? Yeah, I did. What an unfortunate, um, what an unfortunate unfolding <laughs> of events. Um, I have not um, had to shut down an entire production and certainly hope that I never do. I feel like just glancing at the particulars, I feel like what I would want to do is try to maximize the possibility of of healing, a learning experience for the organization or myself or, you know, kind of like, what haven't we heard before? What do we need to know that we're doing wrong? Um, I do really like to intervene with if people don't feel safety in the safety in the workplace is is so important you know regardless of theater or not and so there considering what we do in theater and any other kind of live inner uh, anything that involves human being and beings in fact um even the environment and the planet you know it's like the things that we do should there should be a kind of safety first um approach with um you know, uh, anything. And if someone doesn't feel safe, you know, <laughs> Reg, I can tell you. So like we, I know we work, I worked at, um, I won't name the organization. I worked at another organization before. Um, so this was my kind of like my learning curve for um, as a producer and the, uh, an actor um, um, broke through a, an elevated uh, riser um, maybe two or three days before um we were supposed to open. I'm just going to say it was very, very close. And, you know, mm. it was dramatically close. And I said, we are stopping right now. You know, it was just, it was not me. It was a collective decision. Thank goodness. Um, everyone was smart enough to know, like, we're stopping right now until that is fixed. We cannot proceed with anything we're doing. Um, it's a safety hazard. It was a safety hazard even then when, um, you know, it's like if someone's doing something as simple, quote unquote, as like hanging curtains, you know, uh, what if they fall, trip and fall on that hole? Or like, what if they fall towards that hole and then the jagged edge of it, you know, injures them further? So there are things like this that are not just physical, um, ri- you know, risks and dangers that we really want to avoid and shut down, but also, um, you know, spiritual ones, emotional ones, psychological ones. Um, I'm really sorry that this is happening. I want to, I'll, I'll definitely be reading more on it to learn what I can from it. 
Yeah. And you have a, a unique position because, you know, you've also been on stage, but you've also been behind stage as a producer and as a creator and allowing other people to tell their stories. And usually there's a mindset of we want to make sure this environment is comfortable and safe mm-hmm. and reading. Um, well, it I'm sure you've dealt with producers or let's say directors who are more, they're more focused on the story. They're like, listen, I just, you know, I have this great story in my mind and I have, you know, everything mapped out in my head as how things are going to go. I don't want one actor or one actress to disrupt what's going on. Um, Sometimes that mentality can get in the way of safety. And I don't know if as a producer, you've had to deal with, let's say a, uh, a director who may not have the, uh, the safety of the actors in mind, or the vision is more important than the uh, the actors. Mm. <laughs> That's what I was saying before. The that attitude is now being questioned and challenged because of issues, simple issues like safety. It's like, yeah, your vision that that's great, but if you can't figure out a way to do this safely, you know, or without putting somebody in a compromising position maybe, you know, you need to check yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, we can we could talk about other things, but I, I thought that this is very interesting. And of course, it deals with theater. Um, right. Well, uh, the big one, uh, go ahead. There's a CNN story. Um, ask, uh, apparently, people are talking off the record, but they're saying that Diafi is losing her mind. Oh, Diana Feinstein. Feinstein is, is, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, they're I really, saying that she's yeah. really not capable. Of, she doesn't know what meeting she's in. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it, it's sad because you hear, I mean, I guess they were saying the same thing about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, uh, just before the last days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I think about articles like that, we're all, we're all getting there. I mean, you know, um, we, uh, I feel, I mean, Diane, sure, she, her faculties may be bad, but, you know, even she herself is saying, I don't know, understand what the problem is. I mean, I don't know if it's a Republican thing where they just want to get her off the seat or to embarrass us, where the, someone wants to take her seat. Well, that's um, the, nobody's trying to take her seat, but that's the defense right now is, well, what about those Republicans? And I'm like, period. <clears throat> if you're over 80, we should be checking you like yearly or every other year and kind of going, you know, just the basics. Are you are you really with it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, uh, Norman. I think we, and I was thinking, like, couldn't we do this with love, you know, because if she was our grandmother, wouldn't we be saying, like, you know, hey, grandma, wouldn't, you know, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling? Whatever. I, I'm going through this with my father um, right now, in fact, and we said we were going to put him in assisted living. Um, we were kind of planning on that all during COVID. And then um, finally, we're like, we better, we should ask him what he wants. And he he's lucid enough to be able to say, like, I really want to stay in this home, you know, where yeah. he, was, he and my mother um, lived together until she passed. And I thought, you know, there's our answer. We don't have to do this for convenience for us or right. because we think he's lonely or whatever. So we have to go visit him or whatever more yeah. often. You know, let's give him what he wants. He's earned it. So I think we can, we can, however, do the approach. This is a big question of mine. Like we are living so long. Yes. Mm -hmm. We, I was telling someone like, we are now at a point where we can have, we have seven generations living together. We have, we have members of, yeah, there are surviving members of the silent generation still with us. Yeah. And we have generation alpha. If you go through that, 
there's seven. That is not something we are uh, uh, prepared for. Is that normal? Yeah. It's not, it's not normal. It's, it's a testament to the quality of life we've had, you know, historically more than maybe say now, you know, it's like there were, there was such a big push towards healthcare and education at, at a certain time of life, you know, like a couple of generations ago, we were talking about the cost of education in California and where we rank nationally now compared to where it was when I was in school. And I'm like, oh my God, California was once the world example of what public education was like an education period and there's a whole there's several generations the boomers the gen xers and the um early millennials who benefited from that big time what do we do with it you know so i feel for i mean i just would uh, i whatever diane does i i you know let's be dignified and let's not weaponize her age or her mental health exactly mental, you know yeah at least that you know um yeah and i i looked at i looked at that story from that perspective to say you know let me let's at least see some examples of her diminishing or her you know let's say a, a miscue or or even her herself saying listen i i'm tired i can't do this anymore because mm -hmm. you're absolutely right i mean all of us i mean my dad is 70, I believe he's 70 years old. He's still relatively young. Um, so he's not there yet. My he's mom is staying dead. with my uh, my sister. And I thank God for my sister for taking care of mom, who has been up and down and she's been struggling with cancer, but also just age. It's funny. I think we've talked about this before. Every time I go back to D.C., it's like you have a snapshot of your parents, you know, when you were last there. And every time you see them, if, if long, especially if it's been a long time, all of a sudden reality goes totally against that image that you have. It's like, oh my God, she's lost weight. Or, oh my God, you know, she, there are more wrinkles that I saw beforehand. Well, it's and similar you, like when you're, when you're growing up and, you know, grandma, grandpa used to be the big people. And then you become an adult and you're like, <laughs> wow, I'm bigger than you. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, but very wow, much so. I, I don't look to you as the adult authority figure anymore. You're just another adult. And now I have to figure out how to deal with you as you know, as an yeah. adult. And, and you're and you're right, Jerome. We have to treat you know them with respect. What were you saying, Jerome? Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, yeah, the um and empathize, you know, kind of put ourselves in their shoes. Like I remember the first time my mother came to the door of her house when I went to visit her and she didn't recognize me. And I was like, ah, that was the first time it happened. I could see it in her eyes, and I was like, we've reached this point. There may be a moment where she recognizes me in the future, but this is a threshold that's been crossed and it will be crossed again and again. Yeah. How can I be here for her? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a fun where well, I try to squeeze some, some fun stuff in here. Um, a woman tried to glue herself on the basketball court. I don't know if you uh, heard about what? this. This happened in uh, Toronto. So the NBA playoffs are beginning. <clears throat> and there are actually a couple of players who won't be playing because of COVID-19. They've been affected. Uh, one still will not get vaccinated at all. Kyrie Irving. I'm not even going to talk about that. Right. But a woman, she's an activist because um, the owner of the um, Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves, a guy named Glenn Taylor, he owns, um, I guess, a chicken processing farm. And I guess they're not doing the right things with chickens. And so this woman, to protest, tried to glue herself onto the um onto the uh the 
the NBA uh, um, the floor. Yeah, how did that work? <laughs> well, she she didn't quite get there. They got her off, but uh, that was uh, an interesting thing. And uh, also, there's a woman, Sherry Papani, uh, in California, who claimed to have been a kidnapped victim, but it was realized that she actually just hung out with her boyfriend, and now she's being prosecuted for faking a kidnapping. This, this is like Girl Gone. I don't know if you saw that movie, Girl Gone, uh. with Ben Affleck. So no. she's being she's being charged for that. Um, and the very last thing, and then we can get into a story with uh, Jerome. Uh, and it's one thing that I'm following because I'm I work in the legal field. Uh, Kennedy versus Bremerton School District, uh, SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, will hear arguments about prayer in schools. So the Republicans, they're, they're trying all sorts of things. I mean, you know, we've talked at nauseum about abortion. And how so many states are trying to bring back abortion, are bringing back abortion. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, pro-life, stopping abortion. Yeah. That's what I meant. Um, and now they're trying to bring back prayer in schools. So that that argument will be heard on April the 24th. So the Republican Party, they're, they're emboldened. You know, they want to push their agenda. So we'll see. So this is a case that Katanji will hear. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, all for all- that. I don't know when Stephen Breyer is going to leave, but uh, that will be leaving in June. So I wonder. Yeah, I wonder when it'll come. Oh, late April. So it will be before. Yeah, I can. We'll we'll see how long the arguments uh, it will be. But um, are you I mean, it's it's a wonderful thing to have Ketanji Brown Jackson in. But still, the Republicans have a majority in the Supreme Court. I mean, um, are you. How do you, are you more enlightened? I'm sorry, are you more um, optimistic, Jerome? Um, or do you feel that there's still this undercurrent, Trump may be gone, but there's still this Republican undercurrent that's attacking, you know, civil liberties and all that sort of stuff? Well, my, you know, it's, it's terror. It's a tragedy of some other like dimension that the Republican Party, which preserved the union, has evolved and um, shrunk to this petty, um, you know, kind of ridiculous kind of thing that it would. I will say that in a way, it it doesn't surprise me when back in when Gore versus Bush um, was still a thing uh, and the whole Bush cobble was was um, running the government and I said, you know, this hasn't, this this isn't going to go away. And I kept saying to my other, uh, my peers, I would say like, this is going to get worse, a lot worse before it was going to get better. I had no idea, like my idea of what worse was, was not as bad as this. So the floor keeps lowering. And I, you know, it's just the one good, the I say the one thing we haven't done yet is can start an all-out civil war, but I do believe that on some level we one is being conducted. It's kind of like You're a pushing cold, for it. Yeah, it's like a cold civil war at the very least. It's just, uh, I, I, I don't. I just hope it doesn't play out with violence and loss of life, further violence and loss of life to people because it could get very, very bad. I mean, just look what happened in New York the other day. You know, I thought we are so- All how, the shootings, I didn't even think about that, yeah. How yeah. lucky can we be that that guy's gun jammed? You know, it's like we, you know, if he had had a, an automatic rifle, it would have been a very different headline. And um, uh, 
it's yeah yeah the extremism i mean and you know you talk about the origins of i guess the extremism or when extremism within the republican party sort of took over i mean i remember newt gingrich the contract with america you know the backlash to clinton being president and the swift both veterans the backlash of um bush's re-election or no the uh, the the carry it was it was carry was running against bush um so you have these groups who do you know whatever they can to you know push their agenda and then you have the emergence of sarah palin and you probably heard sarah palin is running again this time as governor (laughs) (laughs) no as senator she wants to be senator thank god yeah but you know she feels emboldened and a lot of these folks feel emboldened sometimes it's funny sometimes it's you know very very serious yeah well it's like there's a there's a writer that I believe in very much, Italo Calvino, and he says, you know, one of the reasons he never followed politics in Italy, I mean, and he grew up in Italy post-war. So you can imagine that he went through a lot of the things we're going through. And he said, you know, I literature is my life because politics, I'm paraphrasing here, he said, because politics never achieves what it sets out to do. Literature always does. Mm, and I thought what I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, that's yeah, what I quote. Art. Art is what art makes the, it it does. It makes the impossible possible and shows us what could be. And politics fails at that over and over again. And then we wonder why does it fail? Well, it's politics, not art. (laughs) Yeah, well said. And for those who have not listened to um, episode eight, I'll just give a rundown so we don't have to go through the origin story again. But you're originally from California. Um, In 2012, you, well, you then went to, uh, I believe, Buffalo, um, you were, were you in New York, uh, New York City? I know you were in New York City, and then you went to Buffalo in 2007? Yes, exactly. I went, yeah, those are the exact, yeah, 20, <laughs> 15 years in New York City with a little stint in the Adirondacks post 9-11, and then Buffalo from 2007 to 2011. Yeah, so you, I were, te- back, you yeah. were teaching English and creative writing at a college. Yeah. You're working on your poetry. I believe your first play was Gay Wedding Crashers. and then you uh you came back uh you went to la you loved it you got involved in improv um when you were in uh teaching uh in buffalo and i think that's sort of sort of got you in theater and you won the best of well i don't know you were a part of best of playground for your play or or the play of life about the Higgs boston yes i remember or yeah And, and then you wrote uh the musical the right note now, I wonder how far did the right note go? I mean, because I know that it started with a um, um, uh, musical cafe, but did it evolve even further? We had the workshop production at the beginning of, um, or excuse me, the end of 2018. And that was then the, then it hit that stalling po- stall point that a lot of musicals do. It's sort of like, okay, we, and let me tell you, I want to get back to it, but um, in the meantime, there's been a lot of other things. I've evolved. Hopefully, I've like I put some energy into me evolving, and I would love to pick up that project again someday. But it's still where it was about four years ago, and that's not a bad place, thanks to Musical Cafe and Play Cafe and all the other resources in the Bay Area. So. Yeah, thanks for asking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's fine. And also, you've been, you know, some projects can't get in the way of other projects. And it sounds like other things came in the way, which are far more important, like um, Tiger Bear. And um, 
And I'm sure, and, and also life. I mean, you know, you, um, I don't know if you met your husband. Um, did you guys meet or were you still, were you with him even in 2017? We met uh, online in 2016. So they were coming up on six years next month. Um, yeah, it's amazing that we got married in the fall of 2018. And because I'm a glutton for punishment, I decided, you know, we got married, had the um, had our honeymoon and everything. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we had the run of the right notes. So um, that was a pretty glorious, uh, you know, and end to a calendar year. Um, yeah. And then, gosh, 2019 was, so then a month later, I thought, well, I didn't know if anything was going to happen with the right now. So I thought I better get Tiger Bear launched as an LLC. I didn't know if it was going to be a, a nonprofit or not. And I kind of held off on that until we had to really answer that question. Um, I did get, gather a kind of board of directors many of whom, Farah Dinga or Farah, as she goes by now, um, from Musical Cafe, she was a Musical Cafe alum, and then um, a few other people that I've known, Nathaniel Card, who's worked with Dragon Theater there on the peninsula and other organizations. Um, and then, yeah, so 2019, we didn't do anything, and I, I did a lot of... Um, I guess writing is what I was doing. I wasn't really producing an, anything per se. And then in 2020, the first thing, the board, Farah, in fact, I think was the one who pitched it. She said, you know, there's gonna be so much, um, and this was post uh, George Floyd. She said, there's so much sadness and, and heartache in the world. Let's infuse some joy into this. And let's see if we can find joy from peoples and communities and identities that we don't always hear about joy from. Um, and I loved that idea, we all loved it. And so we decided to cast our net really widely. And we went, you know, kind of across the nation to do a, a, a mini play fest, you know, kind of six, kind of like a Monday night playground or best of playground, but a Zoom version of that. And just, you know, we had things like joy from the Haitian immigrant community. We had joy from the trans community. We had joy from the female queer community. It was just like so much fun. And what I love about that experience was how it gathered us across, you know, we might never have met some of these people um, just in the circumstances of our day-to-day -day lives, you know, just the travels that we have, but Zoom made it possible to do this very very quickly and i'm connected to them now for you know as long as i'm on this planet and then um graham smith from crowded fire and a very well known uh he in fact he he and i met because he directed a the second musical cafe cohort um he and i he knew the playwright harrison david rivers from his own um work and said, you know, Harrison's been hungered down like all of us and he's written these monologues. Would you like to produce them as Tiger Bear? They're kind of like audio dramas and they're micro monologues. And I heard them and I was like, yeah, let's do this. I had not ever produced an audio drama. Mm. Uh, I had a vague idea of what that would be like, but it was so great to um, have that, so we did two things. First, the initial phase was to have um, actors 
perform the monologues as vocal, you know, the audio dramas that they were, and then layering in the sound. And it was just, you know, cause we were all like hungered, you know, stuck in our apartments or houses or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, the rustle of leaves and the, you know, wind leaves in the wind and a Muni streetcar going by, it just all sounds, you know, all the things that feed us yeah. as urban humans sometimes. And then we did an ASL version of that. And that wow. I'm very, very proud of. Um, oh, American Sign Language, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, because I thought, well, if we have an audio play, how about the people who, how about the audiences who hear differently? And I'm very, very proud that um, we found two amazing ASL actors. Um, one of them is Brandon Kazen Maddox. You should um, definitely please look him up. Mm -hmm. He's doing some amazing stuff uh, in the ASL and acting community. And to see those monologues then interpreted in ASL with the soundtrack, I mean, I have the you know privilege of having hearing, so I could hear it. But just seeing how like a, a, a like a a New York subway train car, you know, easing into the station speaking subways, but then, and how, you know, the, the sign of the, here, you know, thank sure. you for the closing doors. You yeah, know? And I was you like, had to have an excellent sound designer. Who's your sound designer? <clears throat> Excuse me. It was Sarah Witch. She did a terrific job. Excuse me, I did it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so shout out to Sarah. She did such an awesome job and then, singing all of theirs, you know, like, so that the sign layered at the moment where the doors were closing and all this stuff. It was just fabulous. I'd love to do more of that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, because um, I've never been to Palm Springs, and I imagine Tiger Bear is situated in Palm Springs. What is the theater community like there? Is it the same as Ooh, the Bay Area? Great question. That is a great question. And thank you for asking it. It's very interesting, um, Norman and Reg. It's... Um, very there's uh the demographic down here tilts older you know it's more of a retiring kind of place although um that's starting to go in the slightly in the other direction which is welcome energy to to bring in um there's a lot of kind of like rep work and there's a lot of there are there's lgbt theater that does amazing stuff i want to say the very best thing i've seen down here since i've been here was um, a production of The Mountaintop, the Katori Hall play by, um, oh my God, I'm going to forget their name, Des Arts. Des Arts performs. And I know the play, I had not seen it. And I did, I was like, you know, is this going to be like community? Not, I don't mean to diss community theater. I'm not doing that at all. But it's like, you know, I'm just glad they're doing this play down here, quite honestly. So we go to this like, this women's club, which is kind of like a school auditorium with the race thing and the um, yeah, proceeding, the, the, yeah, yeah, beige, the beige <laughs> curtains and the clock over the thing. Sure. Like I felt like it was an assembly again, and that curtain went up, and that play started, and those two actors were. It was, uh, I mean, that that production was, and I've since learned that Michael Shaw, the the AD there. Um, his passion for theater like that is real. I hope to um, connect with him personally because that, man, that was a good production. Yeah, they did uh, a similar production here. I, th I think the pair may have done it, The Mountaintop um, with Martin Luther King and uh, this, I guess, this figure that yeah. he speaks to. That yeah, was, um, uh, Michael Wayne Rice, I thought. 
Yeah, oh, no, that I, was the other play, wasn't it? Right, exactly. I know that because uh, we because Demaris DeVito was yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, every, a lot of people have been doing the mountaintop and it is a powerful play. Yeah. But the, um, you know, they do think, you know, there's a, a, a great community theater and God bless them. You know what? They take on things like Jekyll and Hyde and um, wow. big, messy musicals that I'm like, you know what? You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and people want to see it, you know, mm -hmm. and then there's, um, we just got a new um, artistic director at the Coachella Valley Repertory. I can't remember his name, but Paul Salona, the AD there is, is leaving after many years and he's leaving some big shoes to fill. And they do fine productions of, you know, I saw a two-hander there or something. I was like, you know, this is really good quality. And there's, so there's a really, there's a hungry and appreciative audience here and they don't settle for just because it's Palm Springs, it doesn't have to be, first of all, just because it's Palm Springs, it doesn't have to be LGBT and nor does it have to be lower <laughs> quality. It can be very, you know, that, yeah, it can be very high. So I'm hoping, um, I'm just going to anticipate, let, you might be asking if I'm going to do anything here. And the answer is yes. Um, I'm doing an immersive opera um, in the fall during LGBT. Uh, I'm, I don't want to say more because it hasn't been announced yet. But I'm very excited to sort of like push the boundaries because one of the things people are talking about is like newness. Like how do we, we can do the Shakespeare, we can do the, you know, the plays um, that Broadway is doing that then come trickling down here, if you will, or trickling across or whatever. But what about like things that are, what about new works? You know, what about plays by you, Reg? You know, what about plays by you, Norman? You know, what stories do you have to tell and how, how could we get those in front of audiences here? So. Yeah. And it's wonderful to hear that because you hear so many theater companies that are like, hey, we're trying to bring money in here. We can't take a chance on something new. We have to do the standards because that's what the audience wants. And it's good to see theater companies or production companies saying, you know what, let's take a chance. So we need more of that. Mm. That's one of the things, and if I may use yeah. this as a way to springboard into like what the magic is doing, um, as um, I know many uh, of the, your audience may know, I'm now the producer of, producer of play development at the magic. Yay, Yay that's right. Yay working with that fantastic um, cohort of Combo Santo people and all the community that I have loved and respected so much in the Bay Area and appreciated. Um, the, the new play energy at The Magic is real. We, I was just talking with someone about how, you know, the Lark shut down, the Humana Festival shut down, there's some something else shut down. And I was like, where are people going to go? Where are playwrights going to go to get new plays, um, you know, developed or even just, you know, just just heard, you know, do they need to be heard by an audience and heard out loud, um, read out loud and things like that. So the I will say that the, the Bay Area has fabulous resources for all of that, but um, you know, more can always be done for new plays. Yeah, and it sounds like you still have, I knew, it's funny, I went on the Magic uh, website to to find your name, because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I think that he's the new executive director, and I, I didn't see your name, I don't know if they had updated your, um, the website as of yet, but I remember that uh, I saw that you were a part of that, so that's good. The question that I have is, so, a lot of people who, when they leave the Bay Area, they're like, okay, so that's it for theater or at least Bay Area theater, but you still have a foothold there, like your involvement with the Magic Theater. Um, I guess the best question is, what is it about the Bay Area that still holds, that still, that you still hold on to? 
<laughs> I love that question, Reg, because you know what? I was so prepared. <laughs> I'm going to full confession. I was so prepared to make it a clean break. Yeah. Um, more from logistical reasons. I was like, you know, what I don't didn't want to be doing, uh, you know, I'll be honest, like I'm interested in the um, community in LA too. And I'm, I am connecting to that and engaging with that more often, partly because I think that's another vector where, you know, the possibility for new work goes. We can talk about that in a moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that as an, as a theater town, LA is underrated. There are a lot of people, great theater actors and companies and productions there. Right. Um, it's not just all, you know, the studios and, and the industry that, that, um, but when I moved down here, I thought, oh, okay, so I'm going to focus on Palm Springs and the Southland. And, you know, if I get back to San Francisco, great. And then COVID happened and I couldn't go anywhere and couldn't do anything. But it gave me time to be down here and realize, hmm, I, there's stuff I can, I got to know the community. I thought there's stuff I can do locally, but there's stuff that I can't do locally in Palm Springs. And it's the sort of stuff that you can only do in uh, a, a, a community like the Bay Area or or LA with all of their diversities and things. I'll tell you, I, lay, I fly from Palm Springs to Oakland and I land in the Oakland airport. I'm like, these are my peeps. I like the diversity in this airport just makes my heart you know, do yeah. good, not, not yeah. just, not just <clears throat> Palm Springs, but I'm like, oh my God, I forget. I need that. You know, it's what I grew up with. I'm one of 13 adopted and foster kids from around the world. You know, it's my, my, literally my home is diverse. Mm. My wow. family, my family is diverse. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, um, so it pumps spirit and energy into me. Yeah. Um, so did when the they, did the magic run, did the magic reach out to you or did you reach out to them? I was just going to say that. So that's kind of what, well, what happened was we were going to, um, I, we're going, we are, Tiger Bear is producing Deal with the Dragon in, in a few months. And we had planned to do this in 2020 and we were going to do a pre-run uh, on our way to New York at the Magic. And so I had a relationship there. I reached out to see if it was available. And Liam Vincent, who was with the Playground organization, had has become assistant AD under Sean, or with Sean. And he said, hey, I think we could use you here at the Magic. And I think this could be a really great symbiotic kind of relationship and i was like oh wow well that's not very flattering and i really had to ask reg to in response to your question about the bay i was like oh my god do i have to move back to the bay area and they said no they said um but you know your your support from afar would be, mean a lot you know and i thought okay well i probably will get back there anyway let me talk and i wanted to meet sean i knew sean with great admiration and love and respect for, as an artist and as a Composanto leader, he and I had never actually met. So we, so it was just one of those things where I met Sean personally and we had a conversation and I was like, I want this conversation to continue for the rest of my life. Ah, yay. <laughs> you know? And yeah. I was like, I am in the right place. I just felt like it was all very, almost divinely. I mean, I think our ancestors and spirit from afar here, you know, it was just all of that energy pushing me into this new role. 
I want to shout out to Graham Smith too, again, because he said, you know, the magical as an institution will give you a chance to learn, you know, from a historic institution like that. That is making a change like you are. Um, you can all learn together and you can learn that as an independent producer. And I was like, I, I have to say, I I just have to say the yes that the universe is saying. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I did a no, quick it was question. a wonderful surprise hearing the announcement. It was like, oh damn, because this is, you know, we always complain about these outsiders coming in, and then they have to, they either don't know what Bay Area theater is, and they want to redefine it, or they, you know. It just never feels like it's somebody who's actually been in the trenches doing it that gets that, you know, that offer. So I was like, oh, shit, Jerome knows this. This <laughs> this is a good mix. This is a good partnering. And it also raised my, I, I know Sean and, and have much respect for him, but it raised my respect because I was like, Sean's not afraid to talk to the people who are already in this theatrical conversation. Oh, Norman, thank you so much. That's so good to hear. It just really, it validates a lot of, yeah, it's just been a beautiful thing, you know, and like, I, you know, people like Star Finch and Britt Frazier and yeah. Ashley Smiley and like, there's so many people that I can't wait to, that we're already doing this for, you know, raising up their voices and stuff. And I'll tell you, like when I'm at the magic, like, I think a lot of us diss the location. And I think that's, I think that's, wrong because when you go to the magic and you're standing there you're standing on the shore of the continental united states more or less although it's yes. less yeah 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 you can see you know the waters that the my the native american forebears i happen to be native american but i'm not ohlone or miwok or anything but those are the waters that they paddled to live on and thrive on there's yeah. angel island which is across where so many Im immigrants came in there's a golden yeah. gate bridge where european immigrants explored and chinese immigrants and asian immigrants sailed through it's just uh, you know and then the um african-american and uh, uh people who worked and immigrated in the bay area from the Navy, their naval service during World War II, though that location is is as storied as it gets, as special and as storied, and I the energy is real for it. Yeah, yeah, I, it no, and I love. I would love to see that as the as more. I would love to hear that more as the magic talks about its identity, because that that is the challenge of Fort Mason. If you're pretending that you wish you were downtown you're not downtown so go ahead and own where you are and give it that 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 beautiful bullseye is like oh shit yeah of course i want to come here yeah i mean having having worked at um bats and also the magic theater and uh, there's another uh, gateway theater i think that's where it is it's a great place for uh, for audiences like hey you know even when you step out of the theater and you had a wonderful experience in the theater now you get to, get to see the ocean and all of that stuff and when we um finished doing the baldwin project i mean, actually before we did the baldwin project you have the thing norman where you're always acknowledging the um the indigenous people who were right. there yeah your little speech yeah so. the, uh, land acknowledgement i mean it's a fairly common thing now and hopefully it helps hopefully it cracks the door open to actually doing something to say what can we responsibly do to make right the wrongs that allow us to be where we are <laughs> yeah. you know we we if we are happy for the lives that we're living we owe a debt 
how do we honor that debt? How do we repay that debt? Yeah, we're getting close to 12 o'clock. I did have a question for you, Jerome, because you're a, I mean, you, you have produced <clears throat> so many things. And I tend to think I have to remind myself that the producer is sort of an artist as well. Do you consider yourself oh, yeah. an artist when you select projects that you want to work on or the people that you want to work on? You may not be on stage and your writings may not even be featured. But as a producer, your selection of the topic matters and the people, that's sort of an artistic creation or a choice itself. Do you see, do you see yourself as an artist, as a producer? Uh, absolutely. And I think I, I'm going to say this. I've never thought about it. But I think the best uh, artists, I, excuse me, I think the best producers have that. They may not articulate it that way, but I just said to somebody, I would throw myself in front of a bus for this play and it's not mine, you know, and that's the kind of feeling I want to have. So it's not just about like, um, I mean, people know that there's a financial side to producing, but there's also a passion side to producing. And maybe that passion side is the more important one. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think, um, this is something that I do to bring into to, um, from maybe my corporate, you know, experience. It's like the best teams, you know, I'll just say like, I'm leaving tech to do this full time in a couple of weeks and I'm leaving the most um, carefully and humanistically crafted tech team I've ever worked on. And the, what it took to assemble that team, just, I don't know, I'll spend a long time like pondering how was that put together and that's art you know yeah. that's that's where the human heart meets the human ability to do mm -hmm. yeah. yeah because i imagine i've and i've asked this with other directors and producers you know uh you make a statement that, you know it's, it's not like you're going to do oklahoma or annie get your gun you're making a statement when you have like i'm looking right now innocent monster i think you're working with sandhya is that her name at in Upcoming right. production, Sandy, a house concert. Oh, yes, yes. She's coming for a house concert here in Palm Springs. So that's one something that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And Prince Charming, you're late. I mean, I'm just looking at the uh, the website of Tiger Bear Productions. And, you know, the like I said, these are choices that you make where you say, hey, this is what Tiger Bear is going to be all about. This is what a Jerome Gentis production is all about. You know, the, the decisions that you make, yeah. um, which makes an imprint. You're an artist and let my art be how to lift you up yep. and get you, get you heard and seen. Nice. Yeah, exactly right. I want to be respectful of people's time. Uh, is it time to uh, shut it up? I mean, uh, we, I can, uh, well, one last question. I mean, where do you see, where do you see yourself? Where do you see Tiger Bear in the future? I mean, do you want to get into streaming? Uh, is Tiger Bear going to sort of be a repository where other film uh, directors or whatever can say, hey, you know, we need someone to produce our work. Um, where, where, where does Tiger Bear go from here? A good question. Um, we have a pretty, as you said, you know, please look at our site, tigerbearproductions.com. We still haven't even put all the stuff we're doing in this year on that site. That's going to happen in the next few weeks. So we have um, Sandia, a house concert here in uh, two weeks. We have uh, Prince Charming Your Late in New York in late June, Deal with the Dragon at the Magic in July, August, and then the um, to be announced opera, immersive opera here in Palm Springs at the end of October. So that's plenty for now, but going forward, 
that what you're asking, uh, Reg, is true. You know, it's sort of like, all right, what, how are we going to like do, do things like streaming? I'd love to do more, you know, virtual reality sorts of things, extended reality things, integrate those sorts of things. Um, I can't wait to see what happens at the Magic in 2023. Um, so lots to come. I'm going to be doing this full time starting in two weeks on. Ah, yay. Yeah. Damn. August 20, April 29th is my last day in tech in the tech industry. And then I'm, I'm a full-time producer and creator and lifting up these stories will be my full-time job. And as I say, I, I mean that every way we can, because everyone, you know, maybe there's a, um, you know, maybe there's a story like Tony Stone that needs to be experienced in with a mix of, you know, augmented reality and a stage like a Pokemon <laughs> game or something like that. There's yeah. an artist out there hungering for a platform to do that on. And we'd like to be that. And a production team that will treat everything, not just the subject matter, but also the, the characters, the actors with respect, because you're actually right. A story like Tony Stone, the first female Negro leaguer uh, needs to be told, but it needs to be told with respect. And I think if you have a production company that will do that, that's wonderful. And the evolution of you, I mean, that's a dream come true to say, hey, the hell with my job, the day job. Now my artistry has risen to a point where I can actually make a living doing it. And that's all that I'm doing. I mean, I think, I think that's something that all of us will achieve, want to achieve to do. And you're doing it. So that, that's fantastic, Jerome. Um, time for birthdays, shout outs, birthdays. Jen Coogan's birthday is coming up. Speaking of musical cafe. Yes. Uh, uh, Susan Dunn, um, who it's so funny because our conversation hasn't been as specific to the, here's a play and we're getting actors and we're putting it up. We're talking more about the sort of nuts and bolts of it. And that passion that allows people to support making that happen. Susan Dunn is one of those folks in Bay Area who her love of theater is so strong. They do these readings at her house. They've done other projects around. Yeah. And I don't know how she many did a read, She did a reading for one of my plays. She yeah, what? Shot, she did a reading for one of my plays. So uh, thanks yeah. to Susan Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. So Susan Dunn's birthday is coming up this week. Peter Macon is an actor. I've never made a list of all the times I've understudied. But I understudied at Cal Shakes, and Peter Macon was understudying Othello. And I will never forget going out after the show. Everybody's out in the lobby. You know, it's like opening night, and they're having wine out there. And after the toast, everybody's still out there mingling. We come back in onto that beautiful stage under the moonlight. Peter Macon on stage running through Othello with me holding book for him was just one of the joys of my acting career. Um, and now he's bouncing all over the place and he ends up in New York. Pretty regular. Um, Jubilee, my phone <laughs> did a spell thing, jubilation. No, Jubileth Moore uh, was one of the folks at the, uh, the No Space, the um, Theater of Yugen, uh, for many years. An amazing um, performer, especially in that traditional Japanese traditional style. Uh, Brad Erickson. The Bay Area. I don't. Did they move or did they just? Did he just step down? They moved. Yeah, they're in uh, Charleston now. And ah. but he was just recently. He's actually at the Jurassic Center, I think, or maybe. Oh, that, that's that, great. Yeah, no, he's uh, having that. You know, up. watching TBA try to figure out what they're going to do next, and it's like, you know what, you're not going to do. Don't try to be Brad. 
because Brad <laughs> was amazing and singular. And Brad would put out a message, you know, the way leaders do about how we're thinking about doing this. And then he'd come back a year later, two years later and say, we talked about that and this is what's happening. It was amazing to watch. And I think the lesson is figure out what your passion is and what you can do with the resources you have and you know launch from there don't try to imitate what somebody else did brad really did reconfigure the organization in his vision and with much community buy-in and help and now it's time to go in a new direction and i hope we can honor brad by making tba as vibrant and wonderful as it has been anyway his birthday is this week uh colin thompson wonderful um, actor i won't say old but we've been doing it a long time <clears throat> And I think we've only actually been on stage together once in the Scottish play where we had one little scene saying uh, it's the one where they they're kind of talking in code about how weird things are right now. You know, like Banquo, it doesn't pay to walk late at night because <laughs> things happen. Um, but yeah, and it's always exciting to see his name come up in. Where was he? Um, uh, ACT, um, like a couple years ago and then back at um the dean lusher doing something recently i'm like yay yes we're old but we're still doing it um skylar rose adams is somebody on the total opposite end of the spectrum she was one of the youngest people and as you like it when i did that with sf shakes a couple of summers ago and i think she's just finishing up college look forward to seeing where her career will go uh will hammond i probably stole that from you don't worry about it <laughs> Um, wonderful actor, a musician, a really powerful musician. And was he the one who finally figured out what our theme song was? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. And of course, if, if it will be anyone, it will be Will. Happy birthday, Will. Happy birthday to Will. I will call you. And all of them. My wife is heading off to St. Helena, something like that for a wedding gig. Um, Cole Alexander Smith is an actor I met through Central Works. Um, I will save this one for you, Reg, because I assume you will have it on your list. And the last one I have is Teresa Diane Elizabeth Horn, an actress I believe I met down at Theater Works. All right. Those are the birthday kids I have this week. <laughs> and uh, the list that I have, I believe you saved this for me, and Yumi Kabori, uh, her birthday yes. will be on the 20th. A yeah, fantastic, yeah, yeah. Uh, she uh, headed up, oh shucks, what was it? It was um, Utopia Theater. Utopia Theater. Uh, fantastic actress, and she's on stage now. She's doing uh, Coffee Lady. And uh, her piece will be something that we'll be featuring in uh, Pear Slices. She's doing two pieces that I'm uh, acting in love working on her work and i'm learning a lot as a playwright from her she's she is an exceptional talent um also on the 20th lance fuller is a uh, actor he's not in the bay area anymore i believe he's in new york but uh we did debbie does dallas the musical uh and he was fantastic in that we had a lot of fun with that and that's it um shows I, I, I'm still stuck in the same place at Central Works and water by the spoonful for another one more week. Yep. At uh, there, the Playhouse. A couple of shows that I will push. Uh, Crowns by the Contra Costa Civic Theater wow. is being directed by Kimberly Ridgeway. Damn. <clears throat> so that'll be April the 22nd through May the 15th. So check that out. Uh, we've talked about Jeannie Baroga. Her book, Turn Right at the Water Buffalo. Jeannie is a playwright, but she's also a... Um, a 
She's what do you call her? Book writer. <laughs> she's a novelist. Yes, thank you. And she's doing the book reading at the FANSHS Museum in Stockton. That'll be April the 24th. So I just want to remind people about that. And there's a link, a YouTube link to talk more about funds and also turn right at the Water Buffalo. Um, the Pear Theater is still doing fresh baked pears uh, April the 22nd and the 23rd. Kimberly Ridgeway, once again, has a piece in that show. So we'll. Uh, where we have a link to that. Pear Slices, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, doing rehearsals for that. And that'll be May the 6th through the 29th. That'll also be live and also streamed. So we'll be advertising that. Damn Yankees by the Tri-Valley Repertory Theater. That'll be April the 30th through May the 15th. Stephen McLeod, he's been on the show. He's Yay. in the show. Endlings, um, that'll be April the 8th. Uh, it'll end May the 1st. That's, the Oakland Theater Project is doing that. Joyce DeMonico Ha is in that show. That's the show about the Asian women who do uh, deep sea diving. Oh, right. So yes. That's the historical uh, piece. Also, Stories High 22 will be beginning, and they're doing oh. a directing workshop with Li Ling Ao. Um, she's still doing that every Wednesdays. Uh, from May the, I'm sorry, April the 20th through May the 18th, and also Mondays. Also, Jet Presario is doing the acting workshop, yeah. and that'll be every Tuesday live, uh, beginning April the 19th through June the 6th. So if you're looking to learn about acting or about directing, you should check that out. Steel Magnolias, the Sierra Repertory Theater, they're still doing that April the 14th through May the 15th. Eko Yamamoto is in that. Coffee Lady, we talked about that. Anne Ubiquori is in the piece. And Bridget Dunna-Portman, who we've had on the show, wrote the piece. So check that out. Yay, Bridget. Yeah, Bridget Dunna-Portman. She's just awesome. August Osage County is uh, being done at the San Jose stage. Terrence Smith and Letitia Duarte is in that show, March the 30th through April the 24th. Viet, Viet Gong, uh, City Lights Theater, Jeffrey Lowe is directing that piece. That ends April the 24th. So I think um, next week will be the One last week, week for that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Escape from the Asylum, that extends. You talked about this. Central Works, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Central Works, that'll be extended to uh, April the 24th. Patricia, Al yay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Alan Coyne. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Coyne and Jan Leifer is in that. And Gary Graves is, of course, directing it. Allegiance, Palo Alto Players, uh, that ends May the 8th. It opens April the 22nd. Mara Sotelo is in that. That's the piece about the uh, Japanese internment, I believe. Um, Palo Alto players. Okay. So check that out. Um, Barry Graves has a podcast, The Black Man's Heart. So check that out. Mallory Samara, our uh, consulting producer, is also her day job is KCBS Radio. And she has a podcast, Connect the Dots. So check that out. A weekly podcast, news podcast. Also, Bindlestiff Studios has the Fobcast. So check that out as well. That is it. Jerome, did you have a good time? I had a great time, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you and talk and talk with you and share with you. Yeah, and thank you so much. Audio. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, we've improved since uh, the the eighth episode, but once again, all of the people who have been a part of um, just uh, a part of the A has helped grow the A. Speaking of growing, uh, jerseys. So uh, we still have jerseys. Uh, so we have white, we have black, we have the pinstripes. So if you want a jersey, it's $30. So hit me up, PM me, and I'll hook you up. That is it. Um, you're listening to this on the, uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to this on the uh, podcast app that you have on your iPad or iPhone, the purple podcast app. 
We're also on Spotify and we're also on the um, soundcloud.com or also the SoundCloud app. Also, since we're uh, doing this via Zoom, we'll put this on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube looking at this, please like and subscribe and let us know what you like and what you don't like about the show. And we will fine tune things the way that you would like it. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know on Twitter. We're at the Yay 3. That's our official Twitter feed. I'm also at the Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier? Jerome, are you on social media at all? People should also check out JeromeJosephGentes.com. That's your official website. Yay. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter, JJGentes. And um, yeah, all the things you can find me. Uh, Jerome Joseph Gentis is what I use for my name. But if I can't grab that, it doesn't fit on Twitter. <laughs> Not a problem right. at all. Right. And, I, and I encourage, um, you know, um, the creatives, you know, if you have a play or if you have a uh, even a film or whatever, you may want to hit up Jerome because um, it sounds like um, uh, shoot, I I took down the thing, but uh, Jerome may be interested in producing uh, what you're doing. Um, Tiger Tiger Bear, yeah, Tiger Bear Productions may be interested at all. So check that out, Jerome. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful Saturday. It stopped raining, so I'm going to head on out to get some oh, lunch. Yay. <laughs> yay, exactly. <That's> yay. <laughs> and as uh, Norman and I always say. We gotta, gotta find a better, better sign off, and we <laughs> are out.